Hello, Internet. You're listening to Genius Cast with Scott and Mike. I'm Scott. Mike is off today. In his place is the great Ryan Muldowney. Ryan, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm feeling great. It's been uh, several years since the last episode of this. That's not true, but it's been a while. Um, basically, the, the plan was to try to get these done during the Survivor offseason when people had time to watch The Genius, and then things started getting away from, from Mike and me, and the scheduling has gotten tougher and tougher because we're both very busy. Uh, and so finally, the realization was, let's just get a podcast recorded. Let's keep this going, because the goal was never to stop. The goal was to continue and get through it. And we knew all along that we wouldn't both be doing every single episode. So here we are. Um, the, the podcast was originally started uh, partly because Dom and Colin took so long to, to record uh, uh, their podcast after that episode. What the hell, Dom and Colin? Come on, <laughs> get on it. <laughs> well, we love their podcast, but there's like we wanted we wanted to get going now, and now we're uh, uh, now we're the ones who are taking forever. Although we are still uh, the ultimate goal of getting these done before Don and Colin do their Genius Season Three podcast, we're still well on pace for that. I think we have a few more years. So that being said, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I love well, those guys. Well, yeah, I, I can do them all. Like, they, they do Twitter. they do great work, and I I never miss an episode. You're the person who told me about Don and Colin, but Ryan. Uh, you are a reality TV producer, is that correct? I am. I've worked on all different kinds of reality shows. I've worked on competition shows, docu-soaps. Right now, I'm on a built reality build show. Well, right now, I'm on hiatus, but yeah, I, I've done a little bit of everything. Uh, I'm a story producer, so basically a writer for reality shows. And uh, I'm excited to talk about The Genius because it is nuts. Yeah, and <laughs> I should say, uh, Mike and I have both seen the entire run of the genius, all four seasons that have aired so far. Uh, but, but Ryan, you have not, you are only through episode four and this is a good time to warn listeners. If you are not through episode four of season one of the genius, get caught up because there will be spoilers, but only through those first four episodes. So Ryan, this is unique because uh, everyone else we've had on the podcast, um, which so far has been the season four podcast, which again, people who haven't seen more of the genius that are not at yet, but they, you know, they're all caught up. They've all seen it. So you are, we're very excited uh, I'm very excited that we have someone on the line who, who does not know what's going to happen. And of course, the conceit of this podcast is that we are not going to spill the beans. We're not going to spoil it. So you can have a nice organic watch of the genius with this podcast as your companion. But as someone who knows what's going to happen through four seasons of the show, it's, it's really exciting to, to have a live one on the line. Oh, I'm sure. And the good thing about this is I'm not on a lot of Korean websites. So it's really, really hard for me to get spoiled on this. Yeah, yeah, not not any Korean websites where people are wearing their clothes at least, so that's good. No, not anymore. Uh, so, so I guess why don't we start talking about your impressions of the show so far? What what since it's so recent for you, what were you thinking when you started watching episode one? Because I really had to twist your arm to finally <laughs> watch the show. Which you know that's how it goes. Mike had to twist my arm to get me to start watching the show, and I had to twist twist your arm, and you'll twist the arm of the person who will become my replacement on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, the circle of life. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, first of all, it just seems like it's very dense. It's, I feel like I'm watching, it's like the Aaron Sorkin of reality shows. It's, there's a lot of stuff going on. You can't just like go grab a drink from the fridge and then come back. I mean, a lot of that is due to subtitles, but a lot of it's just because of all the things that are happening. All these people are, they're talking to one group, talking to another group. They flash back, they flash forward. There's a lot of music going on. There's sub. There's even the Korean subtitles, and uh, it's just a lot. It's a lot to take in. Yeah, uh, but are are you officially hooked at four episodes here? 
I think so. I think I first, when I when you first asked me to do this, I thought, oh, I'll watch a couple episodes to catch up till we can do this, and then I don't know. We'll see if I'll continue from there. But now I have to see it through to the end. I I, I want to see who wins. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, follow up with you by the time you're done with season four. And since you're on hiatus now and you have some time, it'll be about a week from now when you'll be <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah, I'm just gonna binge watch, but I can't yeah. binge watch these. They're so intense. Yeah, well, that's good. It gives again, it gives you a more organic experience of watching them. So before we get into it. Uh, make sure everybody out there follow me on Twitter at who is Scott Green, uh, Mike who is uh, who's off today at Michael Botta. That's B O T T A, Michael Botta. And Ryan, how do people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Muldo M U L D O. I'm on Twitter, so that's Look it, right? Just M U L D O. That's right. I don't have any numbers or anything like that. <laughs> no uh, <laughs> underscores. I'm just classic, just classic alphabet. Classic Muldo. <laughs> All right, and you're also on Snapchat. Is that right? Where do people oh, I'm find on you? Snapchat. I've been your called little, the your little snappers. Is that what they call them? The little snappers that you put on Snapchat? I don't think they call them snappers. That's what people who don't Snapchat call them. Uh, I, I've been called. I'm not gonna, you know, not to take myself too seriously, but I've been called the Orson Welles of Snapchat. because so, uh, you've been dead for thirty years. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I hooked up with Rita Hayworth. <laughs> All right, so let's get into episode four. Uh, the big news, the lead here, I think, is that for those of you who had a hard time telling the difference between Changyop and Sungyu, your struggle is over. <laughs> okay, I didn't want to say that I had trouble confusing. I was confused <laughs> between the two, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad someone else said it, so I don't feel as bad. No, those are that's one of the pairs that people uh, people confused. It was uh, those two. There was uh, Jinho and. Um, uh, the guy eliminated the first uh, Jinsaw. Yeah, yeah, please, episode. I'm apologizing in advance for any butchering of these names. So just bear with me. I'm <laughs> a silly American. I don't know how to pronounce a lot of these names. And then who did we lose in episode? Oh, right, right we lost uh, Jimmy. Uh, there was was there another pair? I can't even remember. Those are the two that were like the most like. Which one? Which one are you again? Remind me again what your name is. <laughs> in episode one, there was a little bit of that with Poong and Sangman because they were both wearing glasses, but. At this point, I think everybody knows which one is Poong and which one is Sangman. So yeah, Poong is a little bit older, I think, right? Or no, maybe he's a little younger. But <laughs> good, I'm glad you know the difference. <laughs> I know who they are when I see them. It just right. right, right. Who's your favorite so far? Who are you enjoying watching the most? Well, uh, Jung Moon is a very sexy lady. I'm not going to pull any punches back on that. <laughs> uh, so I like watching her, and I just I think she's fun and. Jin Ho, actually, he's in the mix all the time, so I like watching him. And also Sung Yu. Those are my three favorites, I think. Well, yeah, I think for me it was like Sangman number one, and there was no number two at this point in my in my first time through. Um, yeah, so, he's entertaining. He's very entertaining. He has the. He's clown good. He knows persona. he's on TV, and he knows how to be on TV. He's just got this innate sense of it. Where I think Gura feels like I mean, Gura knows what to do, but he feels like he's too good for this show. Yeah, he does. Sangman doesn't. Sangman, Sangman dove in uh, head first, and, and he's, he's going for it. So that, anyway, but all right, just, just curious. Just getting your, your take on that. So let's start at the beginning of the episode. The women uh, are in first. We have Kyurin and Yurem, and they're talking about uh, the previous death match and how Team Gura is getting very strong. So they ask Jinho to make an alliance with them. Would you ask Jinho to be in your alliance? Well, it seems like everybody that's in Jinho's alliance gets eliminated pretty quickly afterwards <laughs> so i don't know but he seems like he's in good graces with everybody so i i guess i mean if you're in the game and he's very personable 
So yes, and he did help. He right, he was the one that the, the episode before he helped the person win, right? Uh, no, he the before he had helped. Uh, he led. Oh no, no, I'm sorry, I got it mixed Johnson up. Lost. Yeah, Sang yeah. Min, Sang Min was the one that. Yeah. It seems like everybody wants to be partnered with Jin Ho. So yeah. He's kind of well, Jin, Jin Ho is um is a is a video game like well I not champion I'd say champion but actually he's famous for like always finishing in second place. Okay. So that's like the legend of the second place for Jin Ho. Uh, he's just like really well known for that specifically. Like even if he'd won one at some point, it'd probably be less of a thing. But yeah. he never did. Just always second place, always second place, always second place, and usually to the same guy. So uh, yeah, yeah. So he's he's. Uh, uh, so maybe all these Buffalo Bills of, of Korean video games? Yeah, exactly, the Buffalo Bills. And maybe everybody else is thinking he could be second place to me in this tournament, so they're all trying to pal up to him. Yeah, well, they had not made this alliance for 10 seconds when Sangman walks in and says, you know, I think Kyungran, Yuram, and Jinho are going to work together this week because <laughs> Sangman just knows everything. I, I don't know. I'm always curious about the order that these people come in every week. Is that like the producers decide what order these guys go into the room? I'm guessing they do. Yeah, the producers decide. And sometimes the players try to read stuff into it. And, and a lot of times it doesn't necessarily mean anything. But throughout the run of the series, sometimes you'll see that like the first people in will make a deal. Or they'll, you'll see that they like have it out for each other or whatever. Um, but again, part of the show, part of what makes the show so great is, as you saw in this episode, it doesn't matter what deal you've made. Either you get a zombie card or you don't. Yeah, there's some there's chance involved in this too. It's just it's a lot like poker, and you could have the best hand and you could still lose. And there are also games uh, that they that they'll do where you know you're let's say there's nine players left, and there might be three teams of three, and mm -hmm. so you can't control who's on your team of three. You know it's random, and you're all either going to win together or lose together. So you might have an alliance with with person X, but if person X is on the other team, then you're their adversary today. No, I mean, it's clear that this is a game of short-term coalitions that yep. will get you to the end. You could still have an agreement reach across the aisle to help another person on the other side, but ultimately, you're out for yourself, so That's those right. agreements can only go so far. That's right. So uh, we have, uh, we have the, the, a little bit of alliance talk, and we get into it. We get into the zombie game, but not before the opening credits. Do you like the opening credits? I do. They're kind of like Born Identity, James Bondish. They're fun. I was gonna say it's it's heresy to say no, so that was a test. Oh, okay. So if I you said you must no, like the credits, you must like the music. <laughs> well, that I wanted to bring up the music as a person who produces reality. I think they are playing fast and loose with the rights and clearances of music <laughs> in, in South Korea because they're stealing stuff from Rihanna. Uh, they have music from the Born Identity, and that stuff costs thousands of dollars. As someone who has tried to clear music for shows, we all use like the same generic like music companies to produce to put music into the shows. We couldn't well, just steal I'll, like Moby, like these guys. I'll do. tell you how they do it in a second. At first, uh, I heard that on one of uh, one of the shows you recently story produced, there was a beautiful song by an artist who charged nothing for you to use uh, his music. Is this true? Did it, it, it's a it's a very obscure artist called Ryan Muldowney, uh, myself. <laughs> I got to sing in one of my episodes. Uh, it's a very good song about a person using a big saw. It's called "He's Using a Big Saw." <laughs> Where do people find this song? Okay, so okay, so now everybody's gonna want to go find this song. Okay, so they can pause their podcast, but don't do it now. <laughs> Because we haven't told you where you're going now. You'll pause it now, and then you'll realize you don't know where the link is yet. So where do people find this? You're going to post well, it on your Twitter? I, if I can get a clip of it, I don't have cable personal. So uh, 
You're going to have to watch an episode of Treehouse Masters. It actually just aired the night last night, so uh, they're going to have to catch a rerun of Treehouse Masters. It's the one with Dale Earnhardt Jr. I don't know the title of it. <laughs> I should probably uh, just check your local listings for Animal Planet and Treehouse Masters. And then just listen through the whole episode, and at some point, Ryan will, uh, will sing his big song. No, it's in the first act. Oh, okay. So you only have to watch it for the first 15 minutes. Not that I recommend tuning out because it's a great show and you should watch the whole thing every week. <laughs> anyway, the answer to the question about the music rights is, as I understand it, is that apparently the company that, that produces the show or someone, in, someone involved in production, one of the companies, is actually like the clearinghouse for music rights in South Korea. Mm-hmm. So that's the, they, like, they essentially have bought the rights to all music everywhere. And then if you're in South Korea, you pay them to use the music, but because they're the company that owns the music, they don't have to pay themselves anything to use it, so they can just use whatever they want. Because okay. they've essentially like paid uh, for rights generally. So they pay for licensing for all around the world. Okay. Yeah. That makes that's, sense. That's, I think that's what it is, and I think I explained that correctly. And it also probably is fine because it's just airing in that country, correct? Uh, right, right. I mean, plus the you know thousands of people who are getting on the bandwagon here and watching on YouTube. Although yeah, um, illegally, <laughs> uh, well, that's that's a gray area. But the <laughs> <laughs> it's on YouTube. But after season one, it's all on Daily Motion, which is annoying. And stay with the podcast. We'll tell you how to how to make it less so. Uh, but uh, basically, you get hooked on YouTube, which is easy. And then you have to go over to Daily Motion and like work for it. But at that point, you will because you love the genius and you would do anything for it, even kill. Isn't that right? Yeah. See, it's just like a drug. It's right, easy. So- it's easy at first. <laughs> so the zombie game and the zombie game is of the. I mean, it's the best of the first four games. The there are ten players at this point. Two of them will be zombies. Eight are humans. In each of three rounds, each player must officially touch one other player. Uh, and if you touch, if a human touches a zombie, the human becomes a zombie. If a zombie touches a zombie or a human touches a human, no zombie transfers happen. Every time a human touches a human, uh, each person gets one point, and you must touch at least one person in each round. You may not touch the same person a second time in the game. Uh, additionally, you, each player gets one cure, and if you take the cure within 10 minutes of touching with a zombie, then you do not get their zombie disease. So... Essentially, the idea of the game is to find people who are not zombies to officially touch them and to never come into contact with a zombie. And of course, once someone gets the zombie disease from the zombie, then they are carriers as well. And eventually, um, you know, the idea for the zombies is to make sure everyone becomes a zombie. That makes sense. Did I explain that well? Yeah, I mean, I've heard it four times. I'm still not completely sure on the right strategy on how to play this. But well, so Jinho had it, and we'll get to that in a moment. But one of the really important things in the game as well is that the winner is whichever is whichever human at the end has the most points, and the loser is whichever human at the end has the least points. So if you're a human at the end of the game with very few points, your goal is to become a zombie and avoid losing and and having to go to the death match. So there's some weird incentives built in. And of course, if everyone becomes a zombie, then the two original zombies are the winner. And if you want to know who they are, just ask Sangman, because he'll know immediately. <laughs> that's correct. Yeah, it's my guy. That's Sangman. He, he uh, like the second people step out of the booth, he's like, all right, Jungmoon, it's you, and it's Gura. And that's it. And that was it. Yeah, they had it, but wasn't he, he was incorrect, wasn't he? No, he was right. It was Jungmoon and Gura, but he, was, uh, he became incorrect. 
after he was convinced that Sung Yu had touched with Gura and not taken that, the cure. Okay, that's where I was getting getting confused. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, if you know who the two zombies are, the game is very straightforward and very simple because, as as Jin Ho figured out, a group of four humans can make a deal to to each touch one of the others in their group in each round. So in round one, A touches B, C touches D. In round two, A and C, B and D. And then round three, A and D and B and C. Everybody gets three points, and there's no way the other group can get more points than that. Uh, they could the, the other four humans, if they were aligned together in the same way, could tie. But there's you, you, essentially there's no way for anyone to overtake a group of four that touches correctly. So mm-hmm. next time you're with a group of four people, touch each other correctly. <laughs> Jeez. Tell them Jinho sent you. <laughs> See, that's the thing now. Uh, Jinho seems to have taken over the leader of the coalitions uh, from Ch- Teacher Cha. Uh, that's what I noticed in this episode. And he seems like more of a personality that would be a better leader for this group because the Teacher Cha seemed, it was more like he was lecturing everybody, but Jinho seems to be bringing everybody into the fold and making everybody equal. Yep, Jinho is much less uh, commanding, which is good. He's, he doesn't make himself as much of a target. And if you're paying attention, I mean, a lot of Teacher Cha's answers or thoughts were either, like, wrong and stupid or condescending. Like, well, we should play this game in a way that everybody wins. What do you mean everybody wins? Someone's getting eliminated. You yeah. know, we're losing one person every week. That's what the show is. So there's, there's no incentive for the person at the bottom to agree to a big multi-way deal. And that's what he didn't get. It seemed like he was just playing it on surface level and then... Every every episode, uh, Gura would just come in with some plan with two or three other people and just wipe it out. Yep, yep, yep. That's exactly right. But but Jinho has the idea. Like Jinho's got it. The four person strategy is it, it can't lose. It it simply cannot lose if the four of you stick to it and do it correctly. Then those four people are guaranteed no worse than a share of the win plus immunity to the episode. Now, as it happens, they wind up making a team of five. Uh, where they're each going to wind up with four points. And ultimately, because one member of their group, Sangmin, has touched with someone out of the group, Sung Yu, and received an extra point, they wind up having to, to force the tie at three points, which is a, a small matter. Um, ultimately, they, they wind up having to become zombies and then unzombies to satisfy the requirement that they, everybody must touch somebody in every round. So that way they've touched a zombie, they've satisfied the touch, but they don't gain a point, which would screw up all the numbers. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. a lot of satisfying touches for sure. Yes. Everyone feels good. <laughs> I like that they were playing with that a lot too. I, I really enjoyed the, a lot of innuendos. This is the first episode I can remember with as many innuendos, the equivalent of Jeff Probst playing with balls as we often see on survivor. Yeah. And it's good because there's the innuendos translating through the, through the translations. So. Yeah. Hey, sex is a universal language. Yeah, baby. <laughs> So, I mean, did you compared to the other three games? What, what what was your take on this game? I mean, it's it's clearly better than the first three, is it not? It was because it involved a lot of uh, back dealing and a lot of fake outs with the with the with the cure. I mean, I, who would have thought Sung Yu had that in him, that deception in him? Just thinking that that his growth from the first episode to now, uh, well, he just kind of a pawn. I mean, he still kind of is, but. He's making some moves, so I give him some respect, and I think he's taking everybody's underestimation of him and using that to his advantage. Yeah, he's been good all along, and I, I think some of the feeling in episode one that he was just a pawn, I, I think he was playing that up. I don't think Sung Yu got smart 
during, from the time between episode one and episode four. No, I think I think he's always been a pretty cunning guy, and he just he's very self aware. He knows what people think of him, and he he knows how to use that to his advantage. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I'm not saying he came in a moron and now he's learning it, but I think yeah, like you said, you have to be savvy, and he's like the Justin Bieber of South Korea, correct? Yeah, I call him Justin Kariber. <laughs> that's a good nickname. I like Thank that. You. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can get the rights for that though. Um, but if 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 they can get the rights for Moby, and uh, then then maybe I can get the rights to. Yeah, something. I want to know what uh, Paul Greengrass thinks about that, and Moby and Matt Damon, what they think of that song being used. <laughs> it's uh, that's Extreme Ways, right? Yeah, that's that's the Born Identity song. It's, yeah, it's great. I like to hear that song when I'm running. It gets me pumped up. Does it? Like, I, I just. So, I, I hear it and I get really excited for like who's who's getting eliminated. Like, what's the twist in this episode of The Genius? I don't remember <laughs> that song from Born Identity. I, I mean, I, I saw the movie a long time ago, but I don't remember no, the song. I'm a big fan of the movie of the of that series, so I guess that's why it's stuck well, in my head. You're the new Jason Bourne in the reboot, right? I am. Yes, yes. That'll be exciting. They heard my work on the uh, Big Saw song from Treehouse Masters. They wanted to work with me. Yeah, because they're doing the the reboot's a musical. Yeah. It's just me singing. It's like me using like large tools and kicking ass. <laughs> and a lot of innuendo about your giant saw. Yeah, and touching. Doesn't make a lot of sense what the <laughs> giant saw could be. Um, <laughs> all right. So, yeah. So, Jin Ho's figured out the perfect strategy. But Gura is insisting that he is not, he's not the zombie. And he's, he's created some doubt because he tries a clever trick with, with Sung Yu where. He touches with Sung Yu. He tells Sung Yu, as we find out later, that he's a zombie. He touches with Sung Yu, and then Sung Yu takes his cure to throw everyone off the scent of Gura. But, you know, what I'm wondering is, like, what's the upside in this for Sung Yu? What's Sung Yu getting out of this? I don't know. Making an ally in Gura? Strengthening that? I don't know. I think he... Gura seems to think that Sung Yu is still that pawn that we all perceive him to be. Uh, I could be wrong about this. But maybe he's trying to play into that a little bit with Gura and just kind of feed him because in Gura's mind he thinks he's smarter than everybody and it's obvious right that's true yeah I, I mean that has something to do with it I don't know the incentives are weird and you always have to consider um, with the show you have to consider the possibility that someone is doing something just because it's good TV like just because they think it's going to be good for television that's so true. these are all entertainers for the most part well like they all want to win but they're also very aware of what they're doing, and the prize money they're ultimately playing for is not like the game is. It's not life changing money for for most of them, and the so like the game survivor would be if you're playing for ten million dollars, you're playing for a hundred million dollars. Like like you know the genius they're playing to win the equivalent of uh, each each million won is about a thousand dollars U.S. So each garnet is think of it as a thousand dollars. So the final prize pool winds up being a hundred garnets. You know, it's a hundred thousand dollars. It's yeah. nice, but if you're a major celebrity, then a hundred thousand dollars is you know you're not gonna. It's it's not it's not you're not gonna buy like your fourth boat with that money. <laughs> no, but if you're Jung Moon, that means a lot. A Mensa student, so I can't imagine she's that far along in her career. Yeah, it's true. The money means more to some of them than to others. Um, but again, like you just get the purest game experience out of everybody when the money means a lot to all of them. When like they're really all trying to win. So that's a good point. And maybe that's something they, I don't know if they worked on this in future seasons by either upping the money or bringing in players who have more of a financial stake in things. Sure. 
Uh, well, I, I will not say anything about anything. Oh, yeah. that is, Can't spoil it, but I'm not spoiled. I don't know. So yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah. So Jinho and Poong go with their five-way tie strategy, and we await the results of round one to see. We know that two people have touched with Gura. Of course, we've seen Sangman take his his cure. Uh, Jung Moon has touched with Chengyap, and he's taken his cure. But we're surprised to see there are only two people who are still zombies. And the only way this is possible is if, as, as Poong determines, is if uh, the two zombies are Jung Moon and Sung Yu, and Chang Yap has taken his cure, and Sangman took his cure after touching Gura, but also after touching Sung Yu. So, and, and that Gura then has also taken his cure after touching Sung Yu, which makes sense. That's fine. Like, it fits, it fits all the pieces that they have, but it turns out to be wrong when they see at the end of round two that there are now five zombies. I have nothing to add to that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Were you surprised when you saw there were still only two zombies? Yeah, I was. I thought, I mean, with all the touching going on, it was in the way they edited the show, it just seemed like there had to be more at that point. But again, I was tricked, as I often am by this show and the editing. Well, don't, don't feel bad. This is at least my third time watching this episode. So Okay. That's why I wanted to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, think I was telling you when we did the season four uh, podcast that. I'd watch each episode the first time and just watch it and see what happened. And then I'd watch it a second time taking notes because the second time, like, I knew what was important. I knew what I was then going to want to be able to talk about. So uh, now I've, I just watched it for the third time and took notes straight through because I knew what was going to happen and which things were going to matter and which things weren't. So yeah. and then, I, then I can't read my handwriting, so it winds up not mattering. <laughs> no, you're in the same boat as me then. Wow, yeah. They're, like, these lines are somewhat connected. I don't know. I'll, I, this is an audio podcast, but you can see me while we're recording. Does any of these look like English letters or words to you? Uh, it, it looks like Poong's diagram. I was say, it, lo- it looks like I took my notes in Korean, which is not very helpful. Um, <laughs> which is another thing I also want to bring up. Uh, the contracts, the written contracts. Now, are those things, could you actually be held to those? I don't, I mean, they're not really binding legally, are they? Like, no, but, but... Well, is it more like a sense of honor? Like right. Well, so you would make the argument, again, I, I know to some extent I, I have an understanding of American law because I am a law school graduate and I passed the bar even though I've never practiced law. Um, that like, one, would, one could make an argument if this were in the United States that you do have a valid and enforceable contract, which is probably part of why they don't allow paper and pens in the, in the Big Brother house. Uh, oh, yeah. Although those rules are like expressly... Uh, forbidden in in American game shows, and I'm sure it's probably the same with the genius. But like, you're not allowed to collude to. to so so anyway, I, I my guess would be that no, they wouldn't be enforceable. Um, okay. But yeah, it's a sense of honor within the genius. Like there is, uh, and I'm not I'm not an expert on Korean culture, but my understanding through watching the show and having interviewed uh, for the podcast two two of the players from season four huh. that. Uh, it, it like the cultural difference. There's a sense of honor that like ties you to your promises in a way that it wouldn't on Survivor, for example. Okay, because I mean, all of them are entering verbal contracts either way. So if we're going to go with that precedent, then aren't verbal contracts also binding? And uh, then just getting into yeah, right, right. Verbal contracts are, but but you'd make the argument with verbal contracts at least. You'd say, look, like there's an understanding that this isn't a real enforceable contract. These are just like yeah like, promises between people, but uh, that within the scope of the show, like it's expected that people are going to lie to each other. But with a written contract, you'd have that. That would be like a weaker uh, argument. But anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> sorry to run it off the rails here. 
Geez, sorry to talk about the genius on this genius podcast. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the players are surprised. But, of course, when they see there's five zombies, they figure out pretty much at the same time we do. Everyone knows who the two original zombies are. There's no more question. And uh, we find out uh, who the current zombies are. Oh, and I, I forgot to mention, of course, we had that lovely conversation between Jung Moon and Chang Yap where she says, you really didn't take your potion? You really didn't take your potion? You're sure you didn't take your potion? You must have taken your potion. You didn't take your potion? Because I'm a zombie. <laughs> she, uh, well, <laughs> there we go. Uh, she she uh, betrayed him, it seems like, right? You know, she may be a Mensa genius, but uh, <laughs> genius at lying, she is not. No. Uh, that was that was her closest ally for, for the, the first few rounds, was it not? Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense that they couldn't. That's what I don't get. It seemed like they didn't really give a lot of reason. I mean, they had a couple of interviews, but they, this this show isn't very interview heavy. So I didn't really understand the move that she made. Like why they why exactly they broke up? Was did well, something happen? Yeah, we'll and we'll get to that. But um, uh, it pretty much is explained by what happened in the third round of the game, where Chang Yap touched Kyung Ran to initiate the process of the winning team being able to make each other into zombies. That like in order for their plan to work to get the tie in that last round, uh-huh. they need one of the zombies to touch with them. And if the zombies refuse to touch with them, there's nothing they can do. And then the, the winner and loser will come from that group of humans. Right? Okay. So, that makes sense. Right. So for the, for the zombies, like, don't, none of the zombies touch any of the humans. Just let the humans work it out. One of them will lose. And then, sure, that person might choose one of us zombies. But the other, the other scenario is that the humans all win together and two of us zombies go to the death match. Better just one of us goes to the death match. So uh, Cheng Yap, and again, I'm not really sure what he was going after in touching with Kyung Ran. Uh, we saw that he had the, like, the gratitude of the group of humans because they, they tried to figure out how to save him when they ultimately chose who was, who was going to the death match. That didn't work. But uh, yeah, and then he also like, gave a cure that actually wasn't a cure to, to Jung Moon to Poon. To oh, say. that was disgusting, by the way. Like, did he really have to put his backwash back in there? It wasn't backwash. He just he spit in it. It was just spit. Oh, I thought he backwashed. I thought he like drank some and put some back. That was just spit. Oh, that's such a, a jerk move. <laughs> you caught yourself there, didn't you? You were about to... I did. This is a family show. I didn't want to cross any lines. Yes, of course. Many families listening to Genius Cast. <laughs> But maybe, uh, maybe they could sell that. I mean, Sung Yu's a pretty notable pop star. You can get, I don't know what the rules on body fluid selling. And, yeah, but that was, that was Chang Yap's spit. So, sell it for The stupid Americans like you who can't tell them apart. I know. I'm just a silly American. Like I said earlier, <laughs> I said I apologize in advance, so you can't hold this against me. No, that's, that's fine. We all know you're a But Chang Yap's also a famous actor, so that spit might still... No, he's just an actor. He's, he's actually not famous. I mean, the show doesn't make it clear. Like, no, no reality show is going to say, like, this guy's an actor, but he's not famous. See, you know, all, but- all you got to do is find someone like me, like a dumb American who thinks he's a famous actor, and then you're like, this is the spit of a famous actor, and I could, like, I'd buy it for $1,000. I think, I think of the producers like one several years later, one American would be fooled into thinking Chang Yap was a famous actor. They would say... The Choi Chang Yap thing was was all worth it. Yeah, see, that's like Gura level gameplay right there with the spit selling it on eBay. <laughs> yeah, it's the long con. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> so uh, the the humans are able to get the tie. 
when Sangman finds himself a cure. Although, of course, if he hadn't found the cure, the other humans would have all been in a four-way tie. They would not have picked Sangman for the death match. Maybe Jung Moon still would have picked Sangman instead of instead of Chang Yap. I don't know, but uh, you know, there's, there's a good chance that it wound up not meaning that much for Sangman in the long yeah. run. Um, so the humans, the humans are the winners. The humans choose Jung Moon because she's the person who's definitely not going to take their friend Chang Yap to the death match, and so Jung Moon takes their friend Chang Yap to the death match. <laughs> Well, again, it goes back to like that honor thing, right? Like, even if they're friends and they get along and they're, you know, they're like showmancy-ish. Yeah, they were playing that angle up a lot. Right. So, so even in that case, like the honor of Chang Yap having done the thing that that doomed the zombie team was enough for her to take him to the death match and basically say, "Look, we're not both coming back here next week." Yeah, they, she she had enough of that guy. Enough, and yeah. then. Uh... Yeah, it didn't work out for those two. Like we thought they would ride off into the sunset. Yes. Well, one of them rode off into the sunset. Yes, all by himself. So, <laughs> very sad. Uh, but, yeah, but uh, we, we get a great death match. We get the, the great tactical Ute Nori again. Um, all right, so instead of asking you if you like the game, I'm going to ask you, why don't you like the game? <laughs> why don't I like this game? Well, you don't like tactical Ute Nori, do you? You're not a fan? Uh, I mean, I just found out that it existed a couple days ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, do, do you enjoy watching it when you watch The Genius? I can't say that it's riveting television, watching people throw wooden sticks yeah. into, a, into a box table yeah. thing. I yeah. don't know. What's the proper term for that table? Uh, no, that was table? a box table thing. That was, yeah, uh, right into the uh, box table thing. Yeah. Uh, I could, I mean, I mean, it fits in with the show, the structure of the show. Like, it's a game that that works, but it's I've, not. I've defended this game. I mean, I wouldn't put Tactical Utenori in the American version of the Genius. No, but for like Utenori is a game that Korean people know, right? Yeah, so, that's why I'm just again silly American. So, I'm... <laughs> well, it's a leveling war. I mean, as they play, they're taking a game that's familiar and turning it into a leveling war. Like, I think you think this, so I'm going to counter with this. I yeah. think you think, I think you think. You know, so. So you can kind of see that, and you see Jinho figuring the game out during the death match, where he says, wait a second, they're always going to do the thing that avoids their worst outcome. So I know what they're going to do each turn, so knowing that, I can then make the best decision for our team uh, with certainty. And that works. Yeah, and I think it's a fun game to play. I would love to play it sometime. I just don't know that many people that would play it. <laughs> yeah, and, we'll have uh, to. <laughs> but it is a lot of like how many moves ahead do you think? Like you got to base it on what they think. So you do that. But if they're doing what you, they think you're going to do, it's just like a whole thing. How back and forth do you go? Well, you're in LA and I'm in Chicago. So why don't we meet in Denver and play tactical Utenori? Okay. We can do that. Done. (laughs) Tomorrow. Good for you. Sure. Okay, cool. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, it's, it's fine. It's better than, uh, than the winning streak game, which we had in episodes one and two. And I actually re- like the winning streak game. <clears throat> Silly American. Because, no, it, I mean, it's, it was ridiculous. When I first saw it, I thought, how can they make rock, paper, scissors entertaining? And why is this on a competition reality show? But then it allowed each person to make deals. So I thought it was really fascinating. I've ne- I never would have thought that that could be possible with a game of rock, paper, scissors. I mean, it always ended up being a boring outcome because you kind of saw what was coming. Did you, did you, in the first episode, did you see that Jinho was going to betray Junsuk? Oh, not that part, but I think leading up to that, like everybody, you knew what everybody else was going to do until Jinho betrayed Junsuk. 
Jinsok, right? Jinsok, yeah. Jinsok, yeah. Uh, no, that was pretty shocking. But I like that because it allowed everybody to make those deals and garments were being passed. And this game, it's more just, I don't know, it's, 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 there's a certain amount of luck. I mean, there's some uh, strategy. I mean, it's a lot of strategy too, but at the end of the day, just four people throwing. Right. Throwing sticks and trying to outthink one another, and and you, if you pick some like your partner might not necessarily you have to pick the right partner because they might not have your best interest in mind. Right. Although again, ultimately that sense of honor, like even if you have a partner who, like for example, in this episode, uh, Jung Moon picks Jin Ho, who wanted to save Chang Yap. That was part of, like he was part of the team that was helped by Chang Yap, and he wanted Chang Yap to be safe. But he was, hey, Jung Moon picked me. I'm her, I'm her partner, and I'm I'm going to do my best. See, that's crazy to me. If all these people are thinking in their own best interest, that they would then still try to eliminate. And I guess that lends it to being a series of short-term games rather than a long-term alliance game. Well, I, I mean, yeah, like you think about the American version, you know, again, just to, to keep going back to Survivor, that with the American Survivor reality show mentality, if you are called to be Jung Moon's partner and you want her to lose, you can sabotage her with like very little... Uh, <laughs> that's not that's not out of line for like the ethics of American reality game shows. No, as, it's not. As, at least not to the extent that it would have been for Jinho to sabotage Jung Moon. And I didn't know that that was. I thought that that was a thing that would happen. So now hearing you discuss that it's not because of this sense of honor, I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't want to make it all like a, like a caricature, like uh, you know, like oh, they're uh, they're a people of great honor, and they always <laughs> you know. But but there is there's like it's it's more of a compulsion. Than it is uh, that's like baked into the culture there than it is here is all I'm saying. Like comparatively, it's a it's a stronger force for the South Korean players okay. on reality game shows than it is here. Well, you have more insight into this. You've talked to some of the players, so this is what they've told you. I'm just coming into this completely fresh. Yeah, yeah. Remind me again why I let you be on this podcast. I don't know. <laughs> right, because I asked you. I said, hey. You're a reality TV producer. No, you're you're doing you're doing great. You're, you're uh, <laughs> get out you're of here. Great. Is that like a real great or is that like casting producers great? Because I've been <laughs> on like casting auditions for game shows and such, and they're like, "That was great. That was great." Or even me, like if I'm like interviewing somebody, that was great. But can we do it again? <laughs> like, no, it wasn't great if we're doing it again. No, I will give you the official the official like you are actually doing doing great on this podcast. And I told you that the the risk when we started. Doing that, you were afraid that you weren't going to sound knowledgeable, and I, I said, "No, the real risk is that you'll sound very knowledgeable and you'll be good on the podcast, and then you'll have to do more episodes of it, which is very possible." <laughs> Realm of well, possible. I mean, I'm, I don't sound very knowledgeable, but I, I at least I hope that I'm entertaining, so maybe I can just come back and be a good color man for you. Sure. All right. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> good. Good talk. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, uh, of, of course, Jinho's strategy pays off. He beats the Changyap Sangman team, avenging the previous week's loss for Jinho. Yeah, again, it's like it's like uh, you know, being without Teacher Cha and now being without Changyap. It's not you know whatever the show marches on. I think it's better without Teacher Cha, and I don't think we're gonna miss Changyap at all. But it feels like the real game in both these death matches was like who's gonna get the level up, Jinho or Sangman. So uh, yeah, I think that was the thing. And now it seems like those two are the guys that they're going to every time for these for this game. So. I'm yep. guessing they're going to change it up again next episode. Just to guess, I haven't seen anything. But it seems like they're doing two episodes of one elimination match and two episodes of a different one. So I would hope they would change it up again just in time because so, you don't want people to 
get used to and figure you don't want you don't want the cast to completely figure the game out. I guess all I would say is um, like again, not to get spoilery, is that uh, at no point will you have any reasonable expectation that you can predict what deathmatch is coming up at the end of any given episode. Okay, so it's not just two, 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 two. How about that? How about that as an answer? Uh, Let's do something we always do at the end of the podcast. Let's rank the remaining players in terms of their prospects of winning. We do the power rankings. Okay. Because, you know, normally Mike and I are doing this and and trying to be impartial and doing it as people who are uh, going through the series for the first time. You actually are going through the series for the first time, so I will defer to you. I, I will help you in your deliberations. But okay. ultimately, it'll be your choice. Who's at the top? Who's at the bottom? Who's in the middle? We have nine players remaining. Do you yes. know who your number one is right now to win the whole season? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I got to go with uh, Jin Ho. It seems like he's the man with the plan. Jin Ho, number one. Uh, do you have anybody clearly number two? Uh, I'd say Gura because he's also – those two are, the I think, the two smartest players, and they started to really – they're getting it more than anybody else. Okay. Uh, anybody who you think is particularly weak? Anybody you put at the very bottom of the chart? Uh, let me see here. You want you want some choices? Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking at two my, people, and you got to think of who the other seven even are. And I'm ones, looking at the screen with all of them, thanks to uh, Angie Chance's uh, graphic. Yeah, Angie Kantz did a great job. Oh, with that. sorry, Angie Kantz. Sorry, Angie. Yeah. Uh, Number Friend three. of the podcast. She was on uh, for season four. We had her for an episode. Oh, yeah, she's great. I like her. Yeah. She is good. Uh, <laughs> do you want to just like name a few people who you'd lump equally at the okay, bottom? Number three, I, I'd say Poong. He ha- it seems like he's he's doing really well. I'd say he's number three on my list. Uh, Where do you put Sangman? Because we were just talking about the Jinho versus Sangman dynamic. I think he's up there. I'd say he's the top five. I'd say chances to win because... There's only nine players. Top five is, is not like some remarkable achievement. No, not like Tony top five, like Tony Velacho's top five. <laughs> uh, but I'd still say he's, he's... Between him and Sung Yu are the two most underestimated players, I think. Uh, they're the goofballs, and Sang Min especially is playing into that, and he's playing into this is a game show. This is on television. I'm going to have some fun. But I think that's kind of disarming the other players and allowing him some room to work. And he kind of has, like Sung Yu and Jin Ho, he seems to have the best relationships with everyone overall. Okay, so you have Jin Ho Gura Poon. Does that feel accurate to you? Yeah, who's your your number four then? Number four? Well, I was going to say Jung Moon until this episode. Her stock has fallen. Okay. Um. Yuram, she's also, I think she's a good player, Yuram. Yuram. All right, so you'll put her, so Jinho, Gurapung, Yuram, is that what you're saying? Yuram, yes. Okay. And you said Sangman is top five, so you want to put him in fifth place? Yeah, we'll put him in fifth place. For consistency's sake. All right, so you've got Kyungran, Yuram, Jungmoon, Yunji. Uh, no, you, you said Yuram. Yuram. You have, you have uh, uh, Kyungran, <laughs> Yunji, Jungmoon, and Sungyu as your, as your four yeah. on the bottom. But I think so. Uh, this is, it's so tough because I feel like this could all change week to week. Like this doesn't. It does. Work. We update this every week. Okay, because I feel like I now I've, now that I've done the list, I feel like I've underestimated Sung Yu. Okay, well we can we can pop people back into different spots if you want. If you want me to, <laughs> like a little, I don't care. It's not scientific, but I I'm just I, I'm curious, and I mean even I, I think 
we have a lot of listeners who have seen the show and are going back and rewatching and and listening to these podcasts. And I think they're interested as well. What 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 do people think their first time through? Like who are unwrapping this gift for the first time? Well, I def- there's nothing like this on American television. And now that I've seen this, I used to think Survivor was like a game of chess, and now I just feel like Survivor is checkers, and this yeah. is chess. And maybe the mole would be comparable to this. Yep. We get that. Yeah, that mole, that's a common comparison. All right, so we got to finish this list. You okay. got Jin Hogura, Poong, Yuram, Sangman. Let's do this like a bubble sort. Do you, do you agree those five, just for that set of five people, that's the right order? Jin Hogura, Poong, Yuram, Sangman? Yes. Okay, so where do you want to put Sung Yu? We'll put him at number six. Oh, you do want to put him after Sangman. Okay. Sorry. That's fine. Uh, we got Kyungman, Yunji, and Jung Moon now as the, as the bottom three. Uh,. I'll say Kyung Ran after that. Okay. And now we got Jung Moon and Yoonji. Uh, Yoonji and then Jung Moon. You got to put Jung Moon at the bottom because she was the one that was picked for the elimination match. All right. I feel like if you're, you're probably doing something wrong if you're picked for the elimination match. Either way, I, whether you're the loser of the game or the person that gets picked to go. I, I, I agree. I, I've said uh, on this podcast many times that the goal of the main match is not to win the main match. The goal of the main match is not to win as many garnets as you can, although it's it's good to have garnets. The goal of the main match is to not go to the death match, to position yourself so that you're not eligible for elimination. That's that's your goal. Yeah, and do you is it now that I mean you take the person's garnets if you eliminate them, so you also don't want to have too many garnets. Is that the is that the strategy? It seems like you would want to be right in the middle. Right. If you have too many garnets, then you make yourself an appealing target. But at the same time, like let's say you have twelve garnets and you're in first place, and the second place person has seven garnets, and da 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 da. And I, I have like three garnets at the bottom, and I'm going to the death match. I could pick you because you have a lot of garnets. Mm-hmm. If I survive, I'm the target now, and I'm going to have too many garnets. That's true. So it's a balancing act. It's right. all about being in the middle. That's where it's similar to Survivor. You want to be in the middle. You don't want to no. be at the top or the bottom. That's right. Don't uh, you know? It's the it's the tallest uh, something that gets cut down. What's the there's a there's a saying. Um, there's a, there's a saying in Texas, probably have it in South Korea too. Uh, fool me, fool me, uh, can't get fooled again. Yeah, exactly. I think a great, uh, British poet once said that we won't be fooled again. <laughs> you, <laughs> Who was it? Thank you. I'll be here all week. Yeah. Uh, hang on. Let me get, let me get the drum kit out of storage. We'll have it for next week's episode to give you a delayed, uh, yeah. yeah uh, delayed off. Get it out of the closet. So, so before we go, uh, any, any closing thoughts on this episode or on your experience enjoying the genius so far? Anything we haven't touched on that you want to talk about? I'm enjoying, the genius. I'm enjoying the genius very much. Um, more than I thought I would after one or two episodes. It felt like a chore. But after the third episode, I think I got over the hump where it felt like, oh, this is actually something I want to watch to the end. I'm sad to see one of the great Korean love stories finally come to an end. Uh, between Jung Moon and Chang Yup. But maybe they found each other outside the game. And under normal circumstances, maybe their love can blossom and they'll become a special couple. Yeah, Jung Yup or Chang Moon. Or, uh, uh, <laughs> Chang Yup, Jung Moon. Did I well, they already have the same last name, so that's good. Or the same uh, oh, well, surname. That, that's like half of it right there. Although in, in Korean, like even though your last name might be the same as someone, like even though it's Choi and Choi, it still might be like two different symbols, like two different characters. Both are are Choi. So 
who who knows? Uh, it could it could be spelled this. It could be pronounced the same, but essentially spelled differently. So it either does or doesn't work. Wow. Um, just as a relationship, either does or doesn't work. But I want to go back to one thing that you said because uh, I find it I find it to be fascinating, which is that you can't watch this like other shows. Like you really have to be in it when you watch a genius episode. When you're reading the subtitles, you 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 got to be with it the entire time, and it's something that like we're just not used to anymore because. No. You're, watching, you're, you're DVRing a show. You can pause it when you want to. You can tune in and out. You're on your you're flipping through your phone. You're looking at Twitter. And when you watch The Genius, you can't do those things. So it's like a really, on top of everything else, it's a really pure TV watching experience. If you're watching an episode of The Genius, you're not going to miss a little thing. I mean, you might, you might be watching it and still miss something. But like, you're going to see everything that happens. You're going to know every line. You're, in the moment, you'll be aware of every line of dialogue. So it's, it like harkens back to a, a simpler time. It does. Oh, I also want to say that I compliment them on their editing style, that back and forth, flashing forward, flashing back. I really like that, and I think that adds to the show, the quality of the show, because I think you would miss something otherwise. It seems like they're trying to really make it so you don't miss something. Yeah, it's, re- it's really great, and uh, they don't leave any... Uh, like The whole story eventually gets told, so if there's something you miss, like you know that they'll get back to it. Exactly. Um, and, and you're not going to be left out. All right. So as we wrap this up, again, tell everyone how they can find you on social media. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Moldo. You can find me on Snapchat at Moldo PI, like Magnum PI, only with my name. Um, yeah, you can look me up there. Those are the places I, I hang. Right on. And, social uh, media-wise. Mike, Mike is at, at Michael Botta, And I am at who is Scott Green. Uh, follow me. Um, uh, some of you know, and we've talked about this in the podcast before. I, my profession is magician. I'm a, a professional magician, and I've, I've finally started doing some TV work. So I'll be posting some uh, clips of some upcoming appearances I have on uh, on live TV that are coming up. So follow me on Twitter, and uh, I'll I'll have those clips up as soon as they happen. Um, uh, St. Patrick's Day. So I think that's it. From, Seems uh, like that's it. It's yeah. been a pleasure. Let me just say, it's been a pleasure. I'm, I'm, I was honored to be your guest, and I would love to do it again sometime. Great. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. You, you did great, buddy. Real great. Let's just do it one more time with a little more energy. <laughs> Don't. Hey, I'm the reality producer. Here, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, for Genius Cast, uh, this is Scott signing off. Fighting. <laughs>